When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, good morning and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. You know, everybody's uh, heart heavy, feeling a little uh, undertone of sadness these days. Uh, Imagine a lot of people are obviously very angry. Uh, So we have a special guest on with us. Yeah, we do. Uh, She is Dr. Anastasia Ristow from Prairie Care, um, who happens to have sort of expertise in the world of pediatric clinical psychology, rather. And so she joins us now on the phone. Uh, She has been a guest before on Twin Cities Live. We love her. Dr. Anastasia, first of all, let me just say this. Thank you for responding at such short notice. I mean, these were like text messages and calls that were coming through to you within the last probably 10 or 15 minutes. And you said yes. So thanks for hanging out with us. You're very welcome. Yeah, the last five or ten minutes. Hey, the sign of the time. We got. I tell you we've what. Learned to be flexible and agile. And I think that that's really great. We have had uh, you and your colleague, Dr. Joshua Stein from Prairie Care. We've had you on Twin Cities Live uh, several times since March, which is when COVID nineteen broke out, and we found ourselves in this brand new world of goodness gracious. How do we deal with this on our own? How do we deal with this in speaking to our children? And here we are now um, just sifting through the tragedy of the death of George Floyd and all of the fallout from that and protest and violent protest. It is a lot. Um, and it is, it's a lot for adults to process, much less to be able to feel like we have disseminated the information in a way that we can now communicate it in a productive way to our kids. I think my general question would be, where do you start in, in communicating to um, let's young children? I'd start there, and I'm sure it's different for teenagers, but with, with young kids, 5 to 10 years old, who kind of know something's going on on their own, how do you talk to them about this? Yeah, I mean, it, it is so interesting because I think we already have so many maxed out parents and kids, for that matter, with all the COVID stuff, and now this is just one additional layer depending on where a family is even physically located, they're going to have Mm. differing levels of awareness of Mm. what's going on. And the impact is going to, um, you know, differ in that right as well. But with younger kids, you know, A, I think it's important as adults and parents and guardians that we take the pressure off of ourselves to have the perfect thing to say or the perfect answer. they're great leaders, you know, they, they will show us often by their behavior and the things that they're doing that something is up and not quite right. And so if we follow their lead, 
um, and and take the pressure off to know exactly what to say. Um, you know, if you're noticing things like more tantrums, or more emotions that don't even make sense, that kind of come out of nowhere. Um, they're not sleeping as well. There are changes with their eating, things like that. But with younger kids, especially, it tends to be more behavioral. Hmm. That's a good time to, to carve out a little bit of time right in that moment to just pause what you're doing and, and be present with them and just start seeing what they're bringing up and following that lead. Hmm. And, and then for yeah. teenage kids, let's say, um, who also sometimes act out, um, how, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? Uh, how does that differ? So for the youngers, you know, you're going to, um, we want to think about their developmental stage, you know, as right. uh, we don't want to give too much information. We want to, so when I say follow their lead, it's going to be, um, you know, asking them what they know, looking for their words, uh, even through their play, um, just reflecting back what you're seeing, using your words to truly like almost mirror what you're seeing. And it's, it's about honoring that, validating that, using words to help give them the language. So things like, wow, it looks to me like you're having a lot of feelings and thoughts right now. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff going on around you. Let's talk about that. What is that feeling like? What do you think is happening? And then giving just enough to help them understand, but not too much to overwhelm. With teenagers, you can really have a different level of conversation, and and they may act out without necessarily recognizing that uh, the undercurrent of that is all of what's going on around them. Mm. Um, and uh, often it's that same idea of following their lead. When something is more extreme than usual, whether that's an extreme isolation, they're not coming out of their room, they're not talking to you, they're shutting down, or that's an extreme, the other end of that spectrum where they're exploding about the smallest thing or that the two of you are clashing over everything. It's inviting that moment to just pause. And if you have this, you know, kind of relationship, putting your arm around them or even just sitting there truly being for a moment and saying, just putting it out there. This is a really hard time. I'm really curious what this is feeling like for you. What's on your mind? Where are you at with all of this? And again, letting them lead the way they're going to have, some incredible thoughts and feelings and they might struggle to find those words. But if you start to put those words out there, that opens the door. Um, and the sense of security and I think just, um, uh, gosh, comfort that they will feel in hearing somebody else put to words what they're feeling is, um, is invaluable in and of itself. That's so interesting because I think a lot of times parents feel like they need to be the protectors And yes. need to show strength. And sometimes yes. there's, yeah, there's, um, there's value in showing that you're a human too. And you also well, have emotions. And also to what we're, we're talking with Dr. Anastasia Ristel, by the way, from Prairie Care, um, about how to talk with your kids about everything that is going on in the world around us right now. And that is so valuable too, Donna, what, what you said, Dr. Ristel, regarding asking them, especially with the younger ones, um, what do you know? What do you see? And I heard my son talking about some stuff yesterday. I thought, oh, there, you know, he and his cousins are talking about this stuff. But allowing that to then inform the parent, me in this situation, to say, okay, so this is something that he knows about. How can I speak to to that? As opposed to me trying to figure out, okay, he's seven. What would he be able to deal with right now on an emotional, intellectual level regarding what's happening and all that? Allowing them 
to lead the conversation and then we can come in and help to keep them in the right lane and then also offer some different perspective with that let me ask you this I had, a, I had a listener on Friday who I was talking about, I really want to curate the news. I don't want my kids to passively see news because then I'm worried about like, oh, here's a homicide. Here's a house fire. Here's a domestic abuse situation. Yikes. This is really a lot of stuff. And they're between, you know, four and 10 years old. Um, so I try to curate that. But I had a listener who really pointed out to me and opened my eyes to a blind spot that I have, which is she said, I appreciate you sharing that. But. You have to understand that as a position of privilege to even be able to shield your kids Mm -hmm. to these kinds of things. And uh, there are other kids who are in it. And so with that, I think of that. And then I think of the fact that, look, my kids are white. And so they they live a different life. They have a very different experience than young black children do right now. And so. Mm-hmm. I I talk I I have to educate my children in one way to open their eyes, um, but I would imagine there's a whole different challenge that parents of black children have to explain to them what's going on right now because they're thinking, well, what just happened? That guy or that girl looks a lot like me, and you connect to that differently. Absolutely, and I think that's true for for all all folks of all different backgrounds and um, different colors of skin. And, you know, that everybody is tuning into this in a really different way in terms of how it fits into their story of their life and their experiences. And it's, um, it's such a gut-wrenching time to have to have those conversations, uh, whether you're white or black or something different, you know, um, and I think, you know, there is some containment that happens when we can have those conversations, but there's also um, such importance in helping equip our kids, no matter what their situation is, to be able to uh, interpret what they're seeing and hearing in a way that turns into resiliency, that turns into strength, that helps them find the safe people in the world, the safe places to know what am I going to do if I find myself in a situation where I don't feel safe, where I'm worried about this. Um, so there's all of that. And, and the other side of it is that as the adults in the situation, we become a bit of the barometer for our kids. You know, our emotional presence um, is something that they perceive and that they are in tune with all of the time. So mm. it's, in, it's important for us to take a breath and um, be present, but also to know when we have those emotions come up, it's very likely reflecting something that they're feeling as well. And it's okay to have those feelings and to show those feelings. The, the research would tell us that when our kids see the full circle of emotions from a parent figure and from a guardian or any adult that they trust, it helps um, them be able to experience that full range of emotion as well in a healthy way to feel okay about that and to be able to move through it in a healthy way. So if you have a situation where you feel like, just plain and simple here, I know a lot of people are just crying. I find myself, you know, just you know, seeing something and just crying, you you don't want us as parents to not cry in front of our kids. It's okay to cry in front of them and explain why you're crying. It is. It is absolutely okay. In fact, I would argue there's a lot of valuable opportunity in sharing that moment with our kids. 
there's a difference between being so despondent that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't even, um, that you can't move through that in a healthy way or in a safe way. A difference between that and in which case you really want to get the support that you need and make sure that you're caring for your own needs in those moments or in those times. But if you're with your child and you're experiencing any of that emotion, if you can help them tune into where that's coming from and help them understand that it's healthy, um, they learn from that. And often they share that emotion with you. It, it mm-hmm. just keeps us all um, in a really healthy place of, of understanding the human condition. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So true. Uh, so valuable. She is, uh... Go ahead, Dr. Dr. Restell, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I mean, even recognizing the feelings, labeling them, it develops empathy. It helps um, connect us as humans to each other, but it builds that that healthy um, emotional exploration and coping. Mm. Yeah. That was a whole bag of good information for any parent out there who is navigating through this and trying to figure out how can we productively um, talk with our kids about this so that there is a an impact on them that allows them to experience their feelings as well as then going out into the world and being a positive impact in their circles. Dr. Uh, Ristow from Prairie Care, you can check them out at prairie-care.com. Thanks for coming on Thank and thanks you. for coming on on such short notice. We really do appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for doing this for families who are listening. This is such an important time of opportunity for all of us. I, I hope that we'll grab those those chances to connect with our kids on a different level and really set into motion potentially lifelong ways of viewing all of what's going on right now in a really different way than they might have and we might have before. So thank you for doing that. Oh, for thank that you. Yeah, you got it. Thank you, Dr. Ristel. We appreciate it. By the way, mm-hmm. they have uh, telehealth services that are available. They've been doing it all throughout COVID-19. And so if you need to connect with Prairie Care, um, it's easy to do that and uh, meet with one of their folks who can help you through as we all battle this from a mental health perspective. Absolutely.